Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumlaw Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumlaw or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumlaw.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. Well, good morning, Grumlaw Church. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. We are so glad that all of you decided to tune in here today. We never take that for granted, especially if you are new around here. Uh, I mean it when I say this. Thank you for giving us a shot. Uh, Our sincere hope and prayer is that you will keep coming back. You will keep tuning in. You will keep drawing closer to God, and He will move closer to you. Well, I am really, really excited for today as we begin a brand new series titled Follow Following Jesus 101. Uh, If you haven't noticed, around here, we make a pretty intentional and, and conscious effort to try and make Christianity, well, simple. And that's honestly the way that it should be. But but human beings have a way of complicating what God could have not made more clear, what God could have not made more, I'll say it again, simple. Uh, we have a word, actually, for this complex system that man has come up with, and every single one of you have heard of it. It's called re- religion. Religion is full of rules and do's and don'ts and a lot of word of mouth. You hear one thing from one person and something entirely different from someone else. Religion breeds hypocrisy. It's full of entitlement and and judgment. It's precisely all of the stuff that you were hoping to not find when you decided to tune in here today. Because you experienced enough of all of that, all of that religion at that the last place. And your sincere hope is that you wouldn't see that stuff here. Like, might this place be different? Uh, well, I'd like to think around here at Grumlaw we are, but but not because we've gone rogue or we're being different for the sake of being different, not because we at Grumlaw are anti-establishment, but because Jesus showed us, well, a, a different way. And as I think you're going to see throughout this series, uh, a, a better way. Rather than sacred places and sacred texts and sacred men and judgmental, hypocritical, arrogant believers, Jesus simplified. He, he came along and said, death to religion. Well, Those weren't really his words, but that was the sentiment. Instead, he said, hey, why don't you just follow me? Follow me into this life that that all of you are looking for. I'm going to drive this point home this morning, that, that your souls are in fact yearning for. Here's the way that Jesus would put it in one of the gospel accounts, one of the four biographical accounts of the life of Jesus, specifically in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I just read that sentence. I'm like, how many of us that that would very, very adequately describe our lives? Weary and and carrying heavy burdens. And he says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find, there's that word again, rest for your souls. For, for, For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. As we all enter into this new year, as we enter into 2024, is, is there a person watching right now who would not like a lighter, easier to bear life? I mean, is there, is there a person watching right now who has literally ever thought, I, I hope this year is more complicated than last year. Are, are any of you hoping for a really burdensome, hard, strenuous 2024? Of course not, and it's, it's why we give a lot of attention to a passage like this, because deep down, and you don't need to admit this to anybody else, we, we all work really, really hard at putting on that tough, I got this facade, but deep down, this is what every single one of us are looking for. 
I'll say it again, what every single one of our souls are, are yearning for, a, a lighter, easier life. And, and if that's you, and guess what, it's, it's all of us, you've come to the right place. See, we're not here to give you more rules to follow. We're not here to give you a 10-step guide to a better you in 2024. No, it's, it's far simpler than that. But we're here to extend to you the very same invitation that Jesus extended some 2,000 years ago when, when he was walking around this earth. Again, he just said, follow. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus right on into that life that becomes easy to bear, the, the life that could only be characterized as, well, light. Now, if you're sitting and watching right now and you're maybe a bit skeptical of all of this, I can completely understand that. You've been perhaps sold a false bill of goods before, and while you're at least being a little bit open-minded, I mean, after all, you did tune in here today, there, there's still a part of you that thinks that I may be a snake oil salesman. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Let me appeal to the more logical side of your brain for, for a moment. Part of what makes you so jaded to a place like this is because all of us deep down, uh, we don't really like to be told what to do. So often we criticize children for being stubborn. I know I criticize my children for that, but, but the adults who, who are watching right now, we're not really any different. Someone tells us to stop and there's something almost instinctively inside of us that whispers, go. The speed limit is 70 and we want to go 79. The boss tells us that we got to stay till 5 p.m. on the nose for no real reason except you got to stay till 5 o'clock on the nose and there's something that almost forces you out the door at 4.55. So, so religion comes along, an entire system built upon telling you what to do and what not to do and naturally, come on, we push back. We resist. Even the most sincere people find it difficult to, here's, here's our word again, difficult to, to follow. But, but here's what's also true of, of every single one of us. But we don't really mind following when it feels more like an invitation towards something better and less like following the rules for the sake of following the rules. And, and even though that probably sounds like one of the least wordsmithed sentences that you have ever seen on a screen at a church, you all know what I'm talking about, right? Because we've all had bosses or coaches or parents or teachers, mentors, shoot, even pastors that have illustrated this for better or for worse so incredibly well. It's college football season right now. Go blue. It's the difference between the college football coach where every player says things like, I'd run through a wall for that guy. I'd do anything for that dude. He says jump and I say how high. And the guy on the opposite end of the spectrum who has every talented player transfer at the end of the season and the subsequent weeks and months, you start hearing these whispers of, that they just weren't on the same page. Players lost respect for him. Or, or the dreaded, ready for this, he lost the locker room. And, and I'm telling you, nobody in the history of the world, and I recognize that that sounds right now like I'm overselling, but pick up and read the gospel accounts. Again, those biographical accounts of the life of Jesus that we find right at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for yourself, and I think you'll find yourself agreeing with me. Nobody in the history of the world embodied this better than Jesus himself. There was just something about him, and we actually talked about this on Christmas, that people were drawn to, where people had to take a closer look. And it wasn't because he was demanding it, though he could have. I mean, after all, he is the son of God. No, it was far quieter, far more gentle, and subsequently far more powerful than that. 
Because of his calm, because of his gentleness, because of his humility, the the ease with which he would navigate his life, and don't get it twisted here, it wasn't as if Jesus' life was easy. Any of you who are even vaguely familiar with his story know that that was not the case. In fact, that's actually precisely what drew so many to him. His life or his circumstances were filled with chaos, were filled with turmoil. Shoot, even when everything was going great, he had to at least deal with all of the fame and the downstream effects that come along with that. But yet, Jesus always seemed so calm. Never flustered, never stressed out, never in a rush. Nothing but this humble, calm, everything's going to be all right Demeter that, that, that just emanated from him. And even the most arrogant people had something inside of them that whispered, you remember this from Christmas? I want that. How, how, how do I get that? Who, who the heck is that guy and is that type of life available to me? And Jesus, in the most gentle, unassuming, humble, loving way that you can possibly imagine, looks right at you dead in the eye and says, you really want this life? then follow me. Follow me. See, here's the deal. If you want to be like Jesus, then you have to do what Jesus did. If you want the life that Jesus had, and no, I'm not assuming that any of you want to be betrayed by your closest friends and then be crucified on a cross. Rather, if you want this, what what Jesus is describing right here, where he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And honestly, who doesn't want that? Then, Then follow Jesus. But perhaps more simply put, adopt the practices of Jesus. Adopt the rhythms that made up Jesus' life. See, the problem is so often, and this is actually more for the Christians who are watching right now than those who are just beginning to explore. So often we want this life that Jesus modeled and then described so well in Matthew chapter 11, but we're unwilling to adopt the practices that Jesus modeled for us which is, to to use a a Greek word, um, stupid. It's the person that declares, 2024 is the year where I'm going to finally get into shape. I'm tired of being depressed when I look in the mirror. I'm tired of my clothes not fitting. I'm tired of feeling exhausted by two o'clock every day. I am taking control of my physical health. And, And as it would turn out, you even have a friend who has offered to help you out on this journey. And this isn't some hypocrite who doesn't know what they're talking about. This is a person who lives a highly disciplined life. They work out every day. They eat well. They spend daily time with Jesus. They have a healthy marriage. They still have margin for their own hobbies. They go to bed when they ought to. It's just a well-balanced human being. But by January 5th, so like two days ago, you discovered, because you're smart, you discovered some loopholes in their life, some, some shortcuts. You only need to work out twice a week. And you can still eat McDonald's three days a week. You don't need to go to bed by 10.30. Spiritual life and physical life, they just, they're not connected. And what do you know? When June rolls around, you still cannot stand the sight of yourself in a bathing suit. So, So you want the life, but you're unwilling to adopt the lifestyle, which again is stupid. Or or allow me to use a more polite word, a word that we see pop up all over the pages of scripture. That is foolish. Now, this is really, really important, especially for those of you who are particularly hard-headed and you really hate rules. Jesus, so important. Jesus does not demand that you adopt these practices. 
The, the, the one exception, as we'll see in the series, would be prayer, which he does command us of on, on multiple occasions, which I actually think we ought to give a pass to since we get to directly communicate with God. I mean, how great is that, that God wants to hear from you? He wants to communicate with you. But Jesus never commands you to read your Bible or practice accountability or fast or witness. He rather simply does these practices and then he says, hey, follow me. Copy the details of my life. Take the template of my day-to-day life as your own. So so again, religion, it's all about coercion and and control. And Jesus is all about example and invitation. Start reading the gospel accounts through this filter and it will prove to be transformative. Rather than reading them for their theological insight or their quick pick-me-ups for your day, nothing inherently wrong with that. Pay attention to the rhythms of his life and then copy said rhythms. Receive his lifestyle as an invitation. So that's what we're going to do in this series in large part. Examine those day-to-day rhythms that made up the life of Jesus and then, like Jesus, invite you to adopt those practices. Now, these practices are commonly referred to, and you've probably heard this term before, uh, as spiritual disciplines. In fact, actually, when I wrote this talk, I called it, wait, what are the spiritual disciplines again? So nothing wrong with that terminology, except for a lot of people, discipline can carry a rather negative connotation, and spiritual can be somewhat limiting, as we are going to be examining habits of both body and mind. Which is why throughout this series, you're going to hear me more commonly refer to the spiritual disciplines as practices of Jesus. Now, before I tie a bow on this today, uh, there are a couple of disclaimers that I want to get out right here on the front end of this 11-week journey. Uh, Yes, we're going to be exploring these practices of Jesus all the way up till Easter. Uh, A couple of disclaimers. Number one, uh, the practices of Jesus are not an end in and of themselves. Say that one more time. The practices of Jesus or the spiritual disciplines are not an end in and of themselves. If this becomes the case, then it becomes legalism and religion all over again. Remember, Jesus never commands you to do this stuff. It's rather an an invitation. The end is a rich, abiding, peaceful, easy, light life with Jesus life to the full with Jesus. I love how John Mark Comer, one of my favorite authors, stresses this point. He says, unlike other types of habits, the practices of Jesus aren't just exercises for your mind and body to grow their willpower muscle and cultivate character. That They are far more. That They are how we open our minds and bodies to a power far beyond our own and affect change. See, a discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which currently I cannot do by direct effort. I'm going to say that one more time. A discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which currently I cannot do by direct effort. So so for example, right now, yeah, you might not be able to bench press your own body weight. And, And it's not that you can't do it. It's that you can't do it yet. So a discipline would be to begin a push-up routine. So you start with 10 push-ups a day and then 20 and eventually 50 and then 100. And eventually, what do you know? You are bench pressing your body weight. A discipline is a way to access power. So when we think through that lens, a spiritual discipline is similar, but, but it's also different. 
It's a way to access power, but it's different in that not only are you exercising your own capacity to do the right thing, that's what we call willpower, but you're also opening yourself up to a power far beyond your own. And this is when it gets really, really good. The power of the Holy Spirit, God in spirit, who dwells within every follower of Jesus. You are creating time and space to access God himself at the deepest level of your being. Here is Dallas Willard's definition of spiritual disciplines, and it's, it's so good. The, the disciplines are activities of mind and body purposefully undertaken to bring our personality and total being into effective cooperation with the divine order. They enable us more and more to live in a power that is, strictly speaking, beyond us, deriving from the spiritual realm itself. And I think what I'm about to say right here is gonna come as a relief for, for some of you. Some of you, you've been attempting to follow Jesus completely in your own power. Again, what we call willpower. And as a result, you have fallen woefully short only to become disenchanted with Christianity because your experience was anything but easy and light. It was hard, it was heavy handed. Hear this, you are not expected to pull off all that Jesus invites you into on your own. You you need the Holy Spirit, not by your power, but but by his. This is illustrated and authenticated uh, in a very genuine way at the end of Luke's gospel account. He gives us the most detailed account of the life of Jesus. And in the very last chapter in Luke chapter 24, uh, the followers of Jesus, that they're starting to allow it to set in that like Jesus isn't going to be around anymore. And he's given them a rather daunting task. They are to take the message of Jesus literally to the ends of the earth. It's like, it's like a pretty big call in their lives. And they're recognizing that the guy who's quite literally kind of been attached to their hip for the better part of three years, he's leaving. And so feeling a bit overwhelmed, they're like, how are you going to like ask us to do something like this without your help? And all of a sudden it's like, ding, 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 here is the secret ingredient. Here's what Jesus says to them. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit, God in spirit, just as my father promised. And and then to validate their concerns, he says, stay here in this city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. In other words, you will fail without God in spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to pull off again what I am inviting you into. And, And good news for all of you watching right now, he, he longs to help you out as well. Last disclaimer, and it'll probably feel like the most obvious and overstated, uh, but I do feel like it is worth stressing. Uh, number three, spiritual disciplines are things you do. Again, they are practices. That They are the rhythms that made up the life of Jesus. They're not attitudes. They're not graces. They're not character qualities. They are things you do. I stress this because, again, so often we want the life of Jesus, that easy, that light life that he describes, but we are unwilling to adopt his lifestyle. So so here's what I am begging of you, Grumlaw Church. Whether this is your literally first day joining us or you've been at this church thing for literally as long as you can remember. It, It doesn't do any of us any good to merely study the life of Jesus merely acquire more knowledge concerning the life of Jesus. You probably already have enough of that floating around in your head. If we're going to study the practices of Jesus, here's the invitation. 
perhaps put a bit more plainly by, by the brother of Jesus when he writes these words. He says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't be that person that says that they're going to get into better shape and they read all about it and they watch all the videos and they buy a treadmill and they get the subscriptions, but then they never go to the gym. They never eat differently. They never actually use that treadmill they spend thousands of dollars on. Rather, accept Jesus's invitation. Because the reality is, come on, as James points out, you've deceived yourself enough for two lifetimes. And remember, Jesus doesn't command you to do this stuff. But, but come on, I think you owe it to yourself to at least give this stuff a shot. Because by virtue of the fact that you decided to get out of bed, or maybe you're still in bed, but you decided to tune in here today, there is something inside of you longing, not only for something different, but, but something better. And so I'll say it one more time. Your soul is yearning for the life that Jesus, in fact, promises you. Come to me, he says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Come on, don't you dare go another year merely hoping for this life. Take intentional steps towards receiving Jesus' invitation. You owe it to yourself, regardless of where you find yourself on this spiritual journey, to adopt the practices of Jesus. So so here's how how I want to wrap up today. I want to invite you to pray a prayer. It's a very simple prayer, but I also want to challenge you, don't you dare pray this prayer unless you really mean it, unless you're ready to actually follow Jesus. It's very simple. Any of you can memorize it. Jesus, in 2024, I am making a commitment both to myself and to you to adopt your practices. Jesus, in 2024, I am making a commitment both to myself and to you to adopt your practices. Jesus, in 2024, let this be the year. I'm making a commitment both to myself and to you to adopt your practices. Church, keep that commitment And this will be the greatest year of your life. And not necessarily because your circumstances will be better than in 2023, but because you will have accepted Jesus' invitation to the easy, light life.